Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. We all want to have the energy and motivation to enjoy our running every day of the month without being limited by hormonal symptoms. In this episode, we talk about three nutritional strategies to balance female hormones so you can enjoy your running every day. Welcome to the Food Force Spotlight series. For us, food is never just fuel. It provides a wide range of nutrients to support the many aspects of our health and also to promote physiological adaptations for our running performance. These short informative episodes are dedicated to food and meal planning. We'll spotlight key foods to support your running and we'll share tips and suggestions to give you big results in your running performance. The suggestions we make during this episode are for guidance and advice only and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Karen and Aileen to design a personalised sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Hub. Welcome back. I'm Karen and I'm here today once again with Aileen. Hi Aileen, how are you? Yeah, I'm great, thank you. We're we're heading towards the end of January. It feels quite an achievement this year to have got to that point because it, it felt as though it was going to be a very long month. Yeah. I don't know about you. Yeah, absolutely. And I always think at the start of February, you feel as though spring is on the horizon. It is the horizon, but we're we're moving towards it. Yeah, yeah. You're beginning to see some of the spring bulbs popping through. So that's always makes you feel very optimistic, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so today we're going to be um, spotlighting food for female hormones and running. Um, But as usual, before we begin, Aileen, I was just wondering if you could tell me um, what your latest cookbook is, the latest one that you bought or that you've used. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, um, I got a lovely cookbook for a Christmas present. Uh, It's called The Roasting Tin. And it's all about making meals using just one roasting tin. Um, So I I love that concept because I think easy everyday food um, is made even better if you've not got a lot of washing up to do. Um, So I I really enjoy that. And um, there's lots of nice recipes in and there's lots of um, tips, actually. It's sort of a you know, there's recipes and then there's sort of like mix and match things that you can put together, which is it's a nice idea. So the next one um, that I'm going to try is um, roast chicken uh, with fennel, lemon, shallots, and it's got some garlic and mustard. I'm, I'm loving roast fennel at the moment, so that attracted me too. Um, so that, yeah, that's my my new one. And I just love cookbooks. So, I mean, I would buy one every week if I could, but I have to hold back. Uh, so it's nice to get one as a present. Um, and then one I've been reading um, recently that I got off the shelf was uh, a book that I've had 
for a couple of years, and it's called Cooking for Hormonal Balance, which is, um, I mean, one of the reasons I was flicking through it was because, you know, that's one of the topics that we're mm. focusing on this month. And um, it's a really interesting book uh, that gives lots of different food plans for different a different variety of hormonal issues. So um, there's some good basic science explained and there's lots of nice uh, recipes and food plans um it is an american style book it's written by um a lady called i'll, I'll try and say this correctly magdalena wizalecki and um she um is a health coach and she's got a history of um hormonal health issues herself so she's done a lot of work on herself and then has shared that with lots of people um so the recipes and the ingredients are sort of american style uh, but they're easy to follow and i um, mean i find that i can adapt them quite easily to ingredients that that i have so uh so yeah i'm, I'm loving uh, spending a bit of time flicking through the cookery books just now yeah and what about you, Karen? Have you got a foodie book inspiration on the go at the moment? Yeah, I was actually just thinking about your book, Aileen, that um, Cooking for Hormonal Balance. We might actually hear about some of the recipes at the end of this episode. Let's yeah. wait and see. Wait with yeah. bated breath. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <I remember. laughs> yes, yeah. But uh, sort of thinking about um, my cookbooks, well, I don't have any new cookbooks. In fact, I tend to go back to my three favourites, which are um, by Ottolenghi, Hemsley and Hemsley and, and Jamie Oliver. I just find that all three of them do some really good vegetarian recipes and the majority of them are really quick and easy to make, which is what I I need. Um, but, but interestingly, like you, Aileen, I was flicking through my cookbook library. Oh, and it's fast. Uh, no, I'm only joking. But I do have a few. And um, and I came across one called Food for Fitness. Um, it's a, it, it is a recipe book, but it's got some lots of information in there by um, Anita Bean, who is um, a nutritionist, a sports nutritionist as well. So I, I came across that and I think I, I bought it ages ago but never really got round to making any of the the meals that uh, from her recipes so I've taken it off the shelf it's down in the kitchen and um, I'm hoping this weekend I might be able to uh, sort of make a a few recipes from that book so it'll be something different rather than my old favorites so um yeah but anyway moving on and looking at today's topic um and really looking at it from a health and nutritional viewpoint as a runner our aims for this episode are to consider some foods that may help ba um, balance hormones to reduce both the pms and menstrual symptoms at any phase of a woman's life really which includes the perimenopause and menopause and also as runners that's all about ensuring we have the energy and motivation to enjoy our running every day and not be limited by these female hormone symptoms. So what we're going to do is focus on three food strategies to support female hormone and running. We'll then outline the nutritional properties of each and consider how they may be added as part of your meal plan and we'll give you some uh, menu ideas. And then finally, we'll share with you a one-day menu plan using these three food strategies. And the three food strategies that we're going to discuss are seed cycling, balancing estrogen and promoting 
progesterone. Now, we've talked about some of the challenges faced by female runners in episode 39, where we speak about managing menstrual cycle and running performance. And there we highlighted the the different phases within the menstrual cycle and how you may adapt your nutrition and training to support the symptoms during these different phases. And then in episode 41, where we speak about blood sugar balance for female runners, we focused on how this is potentially a foundational strategy to supporting female hormone balance. So today we thought we'd carry on with this topic and help you with some more practical food ideas that can support you, support your health, support your hormones and your running. So Aileen, let's get going and um, start by discussing the nutritional properties of each food strategy one by one. So could you maybe start, Aileen, by telling us about seed cycling and how it could support hormone balance? Yeah, well, I think this is quite an interesting one. Um, and uh, people may have heard of it or possibly not. Uh, so seed cycling uh, is sometimes described as seed rotation. And uh, it can be used to promote the production of estrogen levels in the first part of your cycle and progesterone levels in the second part of your cycle. And the approach really is to eat two different seed mixes, uh, one from day one to day 14, which is uh, known as the follicular phase, and then the second uh, seed mix on days 15 to 28 of our cycle, and that's known as the luteal phase. And remember, day one is the first day of the period. Um, so it's a simple approach. Um, it seems to help regulate hormonal balance when women uh, follow it over a sort of one to three month period. So some people get results pretty quickly. Other people, it takes a few more weeks um, to get the results. And it, it seems to help women with estrogen dominance, but also helping women with low estrogen levels too. Um, and also just a, a, you know, a point of interest is that seed cycling can be used by women who are menstruating as well as women who are going through the perimenopause and menopause. So, um, you know, it, it can help you at whatever stage you're at. Mm, it's a really interesting concept, Aileen. Um, and so thinking about this, the seed cycling, what are the seed mixes and, and how can they help? Yeah, so in the, the first phase, the follicular phase, so that's day one to day 14, um, what we're aiming to do there is um, have more estrogen to build up the endometrium, that's the uterine lining. And um, by adding in every day one tablespoon of flaxseed and one tablespoon of pumpkin seed, that can naturally promote um, in estrogen levels. And then in the second phase, the luteal phase, so that's day 15 to day 28, uh, what happens during that phase is the corpus luteum begins to release progesterone. And that um, hormone helps to thicken the uterine lining and, and prepare it for implantation. Um, and the seeds that you would use there are a tablespoon of sesame seeds and a tablespoon of sunflower seeds. Um, and this is thought to help uh, promote progesterone levels. And that's as a result of the high zinc content in the sesame seeds and vitamin E in the sunflower seeds. And both of those nutrients have been shown to stimulate progesterone production. Mm -hmm. 
Really interesting. I can really see how following this cycle could support women who are menstruating. But I'm just thinking, would, the, would this approach be applicable to women, say, that are in perimenopause or menopause? Yeah, yeah. Well, as I said earlier, any woman can use it. Um, the difference being is when you're in perimenopause or menopause or even postmenopause. Actually, I was listening to a podcast the other day and there was a, a, a female hormone doctor talking about um, menopause. And it was like menopause doesn't just come and go. It's like you're in menopause. When you're in menopause, that's it for the rest of your life. So you've got to um, you know, we're all living longer. So menopause can be something that lasts for 30 or 40 years. So we, we've got to really look after ourselves during that period. Um, so the advice for those women in the perimenopause where maybe your cycle is disrupted or when you're in that menopause, post-menopause area is that you you just follow the cycle. Um, you can choose any day to start and you rotate every two weeks. Um Although I've also read that um, some women, uh, some women in this sort of age range, may choose to start phase one on a full moon day, and that's based on ancient wisdom about women cycling being in sync with the moon. Um, so to know that, you just have to Google, you know, next full moon, and you'd find the day, and then you could start then, and then and then rotate every two weeks. Um, so it's it's. It's becoming a more popular method because it's a natural way and an easy way to support hormonal balance. Um, but advice is really based on anecdotal case studies rather than scientific studies. But I think it's easy to do. And, and as we know, there's lots of nutritional benefits to eating seeds. And if one of the extra benefits is that, is that it supports our hormone balance, then you know, I'm all for it, really. Yeah, absolutely. I think if, it, if there's the potential for it to be supportive and beneficial, then definitely give it a go. Because like you say, the, it, you're going to get so much nutritional support from eating the seeds anyway. And we will talk more about how um, to prepare and use the seeds sort of later on in the episode. But for now, Aileen, um, let's move on to foods for balancing estrogen. What can you tell us about estrogen? Yeah, well, we've talked about estrogen in previous episodes. And one of the things we've talked about is the importance of having enough, but not too much estrogen. Um, so estrogen levels um, or optimal levels of estrogen help regulate the cycle, uh, particularly of interest to runners. It helps us pr protect our bone health. It supports muscle building and fat utilization. Um, we, we talked about this a couple of episodes ago when we were saying that um, the way estrogen helps is it plays a role in increasing muscle glycogen storage. So that might help us with body composition. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of um, reasons to have a balanced estrogen level. Um, I thought it might be helpful, Karen, if I, if I mentioned the different types of estrogen here, um, because um, often people aren't aware of them and they do play different roles, particularly if the ratios of each type of estrogen are out of balance that might be the thing that leads to symptoms and yes. um, developing hormonal conditions. Yeah, good idea. Okay, so um, the three types of estrogen, there's one called estrone, and that's um, labeled E1. So you might see it in um, papers written as E1. Um, that tends to be higher when women are pregnant and also in menopausal women. Uh, the second type is called um, estradiol, and that is uh, labeled E2. 
And that's often called the antagonistic estrogen. Um, and basically what that means, it's got an ability to interfere or react or, or block the action of another hormone. And it's, it's often found that many women have this in excess and often that the synthetic versions of this uh, hormone found in skincare packaging and, and cleaning products. And, and just by using these, we're unknowingly really raising our estrogen levels with something called xenoestrogen. So they're not um, natural estrogens, but they they act as estrogens and that can lead to having too much. And then the, the third type of estrogen is called estriol E3, and that's a protective form of estrogen. Okay, so so that's a great outline, I think, Aileen, of the three types of estrogen. But what can interfere with having the right amount of circulating estrogen? Well, there's lots of things, um, but I think for today, I'll just maybe focus on two of them, Karen. So um, the first, I would say, is if you have too much E2, so the estradiol in relationship to the other two hormones, the E1 and the E3. And and that might happen when, as it was said earlier, you might have a high level of xenoestrogens from those synthetic products we talked about earlier. So um, you've just got too much in the system, what you're producing naturally, as well as these xenoestrogens. Or the the other thing that might happen is that you might have insufficient an insufficient ratio of progesterone to E2 to the estradiol. Um, so even if your if your E2 is in the right range. Um, if your progesterone is too low, that can mean that there's um, a, a sort of a higher level of, of estrogen. And these situations lead us to a condition known as estrogen dominance, which uh, people might have heard of. And I think we've explained about that in previous episodes. Um, and if you've got estro- estrogen dominance, you, you might notice that your periods are heavier, you've developed fibroids, uh, you might have endometriosis. Uh, and, and possibly, um, you know, this condition can uh, lead to estrogen driven cancer. So it's something that we really um, want to get in balance because it, it rids us of the symptoms. And it's also a sort of a health prevention um, method, too. Mm, absolutely. And I think also what's worth bearing in mind here, Aileen, is that when um, when we're in menopause, estrogen and progesterone are naturally declining, but it is possible to still be in an estrogen dominant position. So um, I think that's really interesting. So, so potentially still having some PMS type symptoms. Um, Although the 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 um, the hormones are naturally in decline, and I think another concern is having high testosterone levels, which can also lead to experiencing estrogen dominance. And again, we have discussed this uh, in in that episode forty one that you mentioned earlier, Aileen, when we were um, discussing balancing blood sugar for runners. So just worth bearing in mind. So Aileen. What what are the nutrition strategies for balancing estrogen levels? Well, I think, uh, you know, just to sort of recap on what we've talked about um, previously in, in other um, episodes, Karen, we've talked about the nutritional foundations are optimal digestion, optimal liver health, uh, managing stress and balancing blood sugar. 
So um, it, it sort of takes us a bit back to what we're always saying, it, like you need overall good health, but you need each of the systems to be working really well. And that's to help us, um, you know, in this situation, uh, manage the level of hormones so that they, they, there's not a, a disrupted situation going on and that we're able to um, metabolize and excrete excess hormones. Um, today, I thought it might be helpful for us to consider the role of estrogen, estrogenic foods. Um, so the aim really is to add foods to your daily food plan that would increase good estrogen levels, but also help to metabolize the harmful estrogen metabolites. Um, so there's lots of phytoestrogenic foods um, that, you know, we, again, we've probably listed in many different ways in different episodes. But I just thought today uh, we'd talk about cruciferous vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we eat cruciferous vegetables, um, what happens is the stomach acid breaks um, the vegetables down and in and um, creates a, a compound called indole-3-carbonyl. And that in turn produces a compound called DIM, which people may have heard of. And uh, it's thought that these compounds block E2 and help to detoxify excess estrogen. Uh, and they also inhibit an enzyme called aromatase, which converts testosterone to estrogen. So, you know, they're, they're simple vegetables, but eaten in enough quantity regularly can just help that metabolic process, um, which is going to be really powerful. Absolutely. I was just going to say that, Aileen, they're powerful little uh, vegetables. And and what we would suggest is eating three portion of these cruciferous vegetables every day. And some examples of, of these foods are broccoli and kale, also Brussels sprouts, cabbage, uh, rocket, cauliflower, bok choy and you know there are others but those those are some really good common commonly found ones and we will look at some ideas of how to utilize these foods in your diet a little later okay so Aileen, now let's look at promoting progesterone and how they may support a female runner throughout different phases of their life what can you tell us about that Yeah, well, we mentioned earlier that progesterone is important in the luteal phase, um, but it could become suppressed when we're highly stressed and have high cortisol levels. Um, And also, I I don't know whether you mentioned or I mentioned that low progesterone can also be influenced by excess um, E2, the estradiol or the xenoestrogens. Uh, And also when we're in menopausal years, there's this natural declining level a progesterone. Um, so the thing to think about when you're wanting to support progesterone levels is the first thing you need to consider is balancing estrogen. So when your estrogen is balanced, you've got more of a fighting chance of your progesterone and estrogen being in the right ratio. Um, then you need to be thinking about how can you reduce inflammation, uh, particularly inflammation resulting from high stress. And then the third thing is thinking about considering eating foods which contain the nutrients which support the corpus luteum which is the the hormonal structure which produces the progesterone Mm, yeah and we've we've already talked about the seed rotation cycling strategy um for producing progesterone so thinking about adding the sunflower and sesame seeds to your food plan during that luteal phase of the cycle are there any other nutrients we should consider at this time um, well, there aren't any foods which actively contain 
uh, progesterone. Um, but as I said, we can support our body in producing it and also in its in progesterone's relationship with estrogen. Um, so it's more of a sort of a management issue rather than eating uh, particular foods. It's how it's adding nutrients in which will, the body will use in in processes which will help make the progesterone. Um, so ones that we know about, um, selenium and, and vitamin B6 are both really helpful in building the corpus luteum. Um, and as I said earlier, that's the the area that secretes progesterone hormones. Um, so a well-known source of selenium is Brazil nuts. Uh, and vitamin B6 is found in animal foods such as turkey, tuna, beef and chicken, and then plant foods such as the sunflowers we've already mentioned, uh, it's in some dried fruits, chickpeas and bulgur wheat in, in varying amounts. Mm. But I think, you know, as we're always saying, if you eat a really wide variety of different things and, you know, cumulatively, you'll get the right level of nutrients. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm just thinking also here about zinc, because zinc's known to increase the production of follicle stimulating hormone, which in turn causes ovulation, and that leads to the production of progesterone. So another nutrient to, to, to consider here. And foods which are known to be high in zinc include lean beef, um, seafood, also pumpkin seeds, so going back to the seeds again, and also different nuts as well. So Ailey, just before we move on and discuss uh, meal and recipe ideas for all these foods that we've mentioned um, and, and for these three nutritional strategies, could you maybe give us a quick recap on the nutritional properties that are known to help support female hormone balance? Yeah, of course. So starting with the seed cycling, um, the thing to remember there is it's used to promote the production of estrogen levels in the first part of your cycle um, and progesterone levels in the second part of your cycle. So it's thinking in terms of your month being in, in two halves. And then um, going on to balancing estrogen, the aim there is to promote optimal levels of estrogen, uh, which is going to help regulate your cycle. Um, it's going to help protect bone health, muscle building and fat utilization, all of which are really important for runners for our, our overall health and performance. And then um, finally, thinking about promoting progesterone, the aim there is to promote optimal levels for the luteal phase, so the second phase of the menstrual cycle. And the aim there is to balance the ratio of estrogen to progesterone, and that's going to minimize the possibility of estrogen dominance. Great. Thanks, Aileen. That was a great, um, concise summary of what we've discussed so far. So let's now move on and share some recipe and menu ideas for each of the different foods. So let's start with some ideas on how to use the seed cycling approach. So first of all, um, I would say that it's best to use freshly ground seeds to get the most potent nutritional benefits from them. And the easiest way really to do this is to grind your seeds in a coffee or spice grinder and then keep them in the fridge. I would say for no longer than a, a few days. So just grind enough to last you for a few days and then you can grind some more. Then what you can do is then sprinkle the seed mixes onto foods like porridge and yogurt or into juices or smoothies even um Aileen, do, do you think that's a practical approach yeah I think it is a practical approach and I know you know if you've never 
done this before. It might seem like a big ask, um, but grinding the seeds really is the best way to get the, as you said, the most potent uh, benefit from, or the most therapeutic benefit from from the seeds. Um, you can buy a grinder for under twenty pounds, an electric grinder, and it literally takes a minute to grind the seeds and then put them in an airtight jar in the fridge. Um, you can buy seeds already ground, but I, I don't think you probably get the best therapeutic results that way because you know they're already a bit old and, and not as um, not as fresh and uh, full of, of nutrients. Um, I like the idea of sprinkling seeds on food and drinks because I think that's very easy. Um, but you know you can do other things. You could um, make flaxseed crackers or oat cakes and put the seeds in there, even flapjacks or a homemade muesli or granola. Um, so there's lots of ways that you can use them in everyday foods. Um, I'm I'm experimenting at the moment. I came up with the idea of maybe making some protein balls with the seed mix mixes because I thought, well, a lot of runners are, you know, you're looking for a, a protein-based snack uh, most days. Um, so to have that you know, in the seed mix recipes, you could have, you know, some for phase one and some for phase two, um, eat one a day and you've uh, got the right amount in. So when I've got that recipe ready, I'll, um, I'll be happy to share that with everybody. Can't wait. Good. Okay. Um, so, I mean, the, the book that I mentioned earlier, the hormone balance book, um, there's a few recipes in there. Um, so, you know, you, you might be able to pick up some ideas there if, if you had a look at that recipe that recipe book right right i look forward to to your recipes aileen um, now let's think of some ideas for eating three portion of the brassica vegetables every day that we mentioned earlier sometimes i find clients feel that they will be really bored chomping away on so much broccoli and kale so I do think it's important to use them in a variety of ways so that uh, you don't get bored um, and there are lots of ways of using them uh, potentially as side dishes putting them in soups adding them to casseroles and even putting them into to salads um, but Eileen what would you add to that? Yeah, I agree. It can be a bit challenging to get three portions in a day. Um, I think the winter is a bit easier maybe than other times. Um, but I, I tend to think of having my three portions split up into maybe a lunchtime soup and salad and then a side dish in the evening. So, uh, for instance, uh, today I had a curried, curried cauliflower soup and then I had a salad with a rocket base. So that was my two portions of um the sort of cruciferous brassica vegetables and then this evening um, I'm planning to have some I've, I've got some Brussels sprouts I'm going to stir fry them with some chestnuts that's one of my favorites at the moment because you can buy these sachets of cooked chestnuts mm. and they're, they're absolutely delicious and that'll go along with the, the casserole that I've made this evening um, another favorite of mine is, is kale, a kale salad so I'll make a, a salad I'll massage the kale leaves with um olive oil sprinkle a bit of salt and lemon on it and then um i top it with some chopped avocado some sun-dried tomatoes and some almonds and that's a lovely winter salad because you really feel satisfied when you eat that um and then another tip that i, I sometimes do you know i'll buy broccoli or tender stem and i'll i'll lightly steam it and then i'll keep it in the fridge and then i'll add a little bit to a salad so it's like a an ingredient within a salad rather than a whole side dish and 
doing things like that can easily help you get to the number of portions a day that you need. Mm. Well, they all sound really delicious, Eileen. I'm going to have to get in the kitchen and make some of these things that you've mentioned. Um, so that's some great ideas for um, for balancing uh, estrogen. Now let's think about some ideas to um, add for, for progesterone support. Um, so the likes of the selenium, the vitamin B6 and the zinc into your daily food and your daily recipes. I think the quick wins would be to eat maybe two to three Brazil nuts as a daily snack to get your selenium selenium quota and also maybe to sprinkle some dried seaweed or other seeds to salads, soups again, um, um, to casseroles as well to, for, for, for that zinc content. Um, what would you say, Aileen? Yeah, I think they're lovely, simple ideas. And I think it, it's it's easy to get these, you know, quite vital nutrients, either as a snack or as a condiment. I mean, I, I think to do things as a condiment, it's just like every time you have a salad, you sprinkle on the seaweed sprinkles or um, you get the seeds, nuts uh, that, that you've ground up and sprinkle them on. And it just gets to be part of what you do. So I think that's a really easy way of doing it. Mm. Um I eat meat and fish, so I probably get quite a lot of B6 from my food. Um, I think if you follow a plant-based diet, um, adding in some of the foods we've mentioned, um, adding them in regularly, like the sunflower seeds, the dry food, the chickpeas, the bulgur wheat into, into your food menu plan would be really helpful. Um, but ideas that are off the top of my head would be doing things like maybe making um, falafels from chickpeas or maybe um, a tabale Moroccan style with bulgur wheat um, you know there's lots of different ways that you can use these ingredients so that um, you know you you've got a, a sort of a repertoire of different foods that will different meals that will help you Mm, some really great ideas, Aileen. So I'm wondering now if we should move on and pull it all together with um, a one day meal plan for everybody. Mm, yeah, let's do that. So um, I, I have, you know, I've got some ideas based on that recipe book, but some of them are things that I, I use myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the recipes from the book that you mentioned, Karen, they, they talk about, a, I think they call it apple sauce porridge or something like that but basically uh, it's apple porridge so I would make a porridge with some grated apple in it Um, I think the Americans do a lot of making apple sauce and adding it to things but I I, I would just make it with grated apple it's an apple porridge and I'd put some chia seeds and then the sesame and sunflower seed sprinkle or the alternative um, seed sprinkle would be uh, great for breakfast Mm. And I'm just thinking about lunch, Aileen. I'm thinking um, maybe kale, sweet potato and coconut soup with some homemade seed crackers and and maybe some mushroom patty. You know, that's got that's got so much of what you've spoken about, all the ingredients that we've spoken about in there in, in a really quick and easy to make make soup and um with the added seeded crackers and i suppose the seeds that you add to the crackers will depend what time of the month that you're going to you're going to be eating them yeah yeah i'm sort of imagining that you'd make two batches of things and you know you would have one box for days one to 14 and one box for days 15 to 28 and uh have one a day, either of your cracker or your flapjack or whatever, and yeah. that gets you the the mix that you need. Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, so moving on to an evening meal idea. Um, I quite like the idea of the uh, bulgur wheat uh, tabule and mixing that with cauliflower. There's a lot of um, recipes around for, um, you know, cauliflower tabule. Um, doing it Moroccan style with spices would be lovely. And then you could top that with either a piece of salmon or if you're um, – if you don't eat fish, maybe halloumi would be nice and um, serve it with a rocket salad. So, again, you're getting um, a wide variety of nutrients and you're focusing on the, the brassicas with the cauliflower and the, the rocket. Mm, excellent. And then just finally thinking about a few snacks um, that everybody could consider putting in place. Uh, maybe the seed cycle crackers again that we've spoken about and um, having that with some hummus because you've got the chickpeas in there. Um, thinking about the seed cycle protein bowl, which Aileen, we're all waiting for you to release the uh, <laughs> the recipe. Uh, but like we said earlier, three Brazil nuts, that's a really easy way of getting a snack in and getting the selenium content from that. And maybe having that with two dried apricots. And then another um, snack could be a natural yogurt with, again, with a sprinkling of um, sunflower seeds or whichever seeds um, you require for the for the time of the menstrual cycle. So hopefully that's given everybody some really great ideas. And we're nearly coming to the end of um, today's episode. But before we go, Aileen, would you be willing to um, to sort of give us the key the key takeaways from today's episode, yeah, sure. There's, I think there's quite a few, but I'll I'll run run through them. So um, to start with, the key nutrients for seed cycling are the flaxseed and pumpkin seeds in the follicular phase, and that's to promote estrogen. And then in the second phase of the cycle, the luteal phase, um, it's sunflower seeds and sesame seeds, and they're to promote the uh, progesterone levels. Um, it does seem that seed cycling um, can help regulate hormonal balance but be prepared to give it a go for up to three months and see how it works and um, the aim there is to support um, us resolving estrogen dominance and also um, overcoming low estrogen levels. Um, Seed cycling can be used by women who are menstruating as well as women going through perimenopause and menopause Um, and remember that the foundations for for, um, Nutritional foundations for balancing hormones are optimal digestion, optimal liver health, managing your stress, and also balancing your blood sugar. So um, it's really important to think about why we need estrogen and having the right level of estrogen is important to regulate your cycle. And for runners, it helps us protect our bone health, support muscle building and fat utilization. And we've talked about some ideas to balance your estrogen level. And the aim is is always to add foods uh, to your daily food plan that increase good estrogen and also they're they're to help metabolize harmful estrogen metabolites. So we recommend eating three portions of cruciferous vegetables a day, and that's really going to support this aim. Um, And when you're doing that, what these vegetables are going to do is provide compounds to block E2 and detoxify excess estrogen. Uh, looking at supporting progesterone levels, the first thing to do is get the estrogen in balance. So all the things that we've talked about earlier, get them sorted first. Also look at how you can reduce your stress levels. Um, 
And then finally, um, adding some foods which promote the production of progesterone, which we've, we've mentioned today. And, and just as a sort of an overall final um, rounding up, uh, remember that a balanced hormonal uh, system reduces both PMS and menstrual symptoms at any life phase of a woman, and that includes perimenopause and menopause. And as runners, it's all about ensuring we've got the energy and the motivation to enjoy our running every day and not be limited by the hormonal symptoms that we may experience during the month. So I I think that probably covers it all, Karen. Yeah, I think it does, Ailey. Thank you very much for that really comprehensive overview and key takeaways from from this episode. And we do really hope that you're all feeling inspired to try some of our food ideas that we've given you. And always remember, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode and feel inspired to try out some new menu ideas. Many of our clients are looking for new ways to help them introduce a healthy food plan which also supports their running performance. So we designed our Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners program and it's for runners of all abilities. We take you through a series of short videos and action steps to help you create a food plan to suit your running training. The program includes downloadable menu ideas, food lists, meal plans and athlete plate diagrams for different training levels. And you get the added bonus of being invited to free online trainings and Q&As with Aileen and Karen. So you'll always have the opportunity to get some personal input into your runner's nutrition plan. Please check out the program at runnershealthhub.com or if you've got any questions, just drop us an email at hello at runnershealthhub.com. We'd love to see you join us on the program. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device, and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months, and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases.